launching a new series uh, called uh, Rock Solid. Uh, specifically, we're going to be talking about uh, foundation today and how the Bible can be used to build all of life on. Uh, there's a foundation that we have been given uh, through God Himself that we can apply to every aspect of our life, that the Bible is true, it is real, uh, and it is helpful. And so today we're going to look at what that means, what that looks like, uh, but I wanted to give you kind of a snapshot of where we're going to be headed uh, the next few weeks. Uh, next week we're going to talk about how the Bible, uh, we can put confidence in it, and we're going to look at some different reasons of why we can put our confidence in the Bible as being the foundation for which we can live by and live on. Uh, the week after that, we're going to talk about how the Bible really does make a difference in leadership. As people follow the scriptures and as leaders do what the Bible says, they can be trusted because the Bible can be trusted. Uh, the week after that, we're going to look at how the Bible can actually provide the help and the tools that we need to overcome uh, sinful patterns and patterns that could be destructive for our life. So actually, how, how does the Bible change us? And then the last week of the series, we're going to be looking about Jesus and how he is really the fulfillment of the promises of the scripture. And through Jesus, how he also supports the trustworthiness of the scripture. Uh, so with this title of the series, Rock Solid, I thought like pyrotechnics would have been cool in a light show. But here I am. It's me. Rock Solid. It's not as good as pyrotechnics, but, but the title really does represent uh, the truth about the scriptures. And that is something that, that is not broken. It's not cracked. It's something that can be fully uh, supported for our lives and fully relied on. Uh, at a young age, I learned the importance of a good foundation. When I was a kid, I grew up in England and the, the winters there were cold. And there was a creek by my house that was frozen over. And so a friend and I thought, wouldn't it be fun if we just walk on the ice like it's concrete? And, you know, play on it. And so we're walking, and we're just like, this is amazing. Like, this is just like walking on the street. And, you know, we were in fifth grade and thought, well, if it's this solid, then jumping would be a really good idea because this is just like the street. And I'm looking, and you can see, like, the plants and stuff underneath the ice. And I'm like, this is, this is so cool. So my friend Hugh and I, I said, Hugh, check this out. And I started, I started jumping, and, and he kind of stopped and thought, that guy's not that smart. And I saw his face and I thought, but this, this is amazing. And I'm literally jumping up and down on the ice. And as I jumped in the air, I heard cracking. And I thought, that's not good. And then I came down and I came right through the ice and landed in the freezing cold water. And right then I knew God was real. Because <laughs> I cried out to him, I'm pretty sure. And I fell through the ice and I just started swimming like... It wasn't like Olympic. It was like doggy survival. And everywhere I went, the ice was breaking, and I, I, couldn't, I couldn't get back to, the, to the, the side of the bank. And so my friend Hugh, who was smart and had now exited the ice and was on the side, reached out his hand and pulled me up. And literally, I walk home, and I'm like freezing over as I'm walking. And I'm walking home, and all I'm thinking about is, oh, I'm I'm busted. I am busted. And my mom said she opened the door and it looked like a frozen icicle that had the remnants of her son. And I, you know, like any fifth grader, I came up with some elaborate story of how I was running, I tripped on a stick and I landed in the creek. But what I didn't want to say is, you know what? I thought that that foundation would support me 
And even more than that, I thought jumping up and down on that would be a really good idea. She found that out a few years later. But the fact is, is that is kind of how life is for us. There's different things that we decide we're going to tread on in life or we're going to kind of think that that's going to be what will support us. Uh, we have different ideas of what that is. We have different uh, scenarios and sources that we use that we think can help, whether that be TV or our friends or our family. And what we don't realize is that there is really only one foundation that is secure, that has no possibility of cracking or breaking under the pressures or under the weight of life. And that is the scriptures given to us by God himself and fulfilled by Jesus Christ. And so this series is really looking at the scriptures from that angle, that it is something that we can fully trust in. And we're going to dig into that a little bit more next week. But one of the backdrops to this idea of the foundation of the scriptures is the idea that that it's not just a set of ideas, but it's really an instruction manual that we can base our life on. And if you're a guy like me, instruction manuals are usually options. Like you can have it, you don't need to have it. If there's leftover screws, you tuck it in a drawer somewhere. The thing is, is the scriptures are a different kind of instruction manual. It's kind of like an instruction manual for a fire extinguisher. And you're in a building and there is a fire going on. Now, if you don't know how to use the fire extinguisher, those instructions are very important. You've got to learn how to take out the clip. You've got to learn the right direction to spray it in so you don't blast friends that weren't expecting it. And more importantly, that you will put out the fire before you. You take those instructions very serious. The scriptures are more like that. Not option. But if you actually want to figure out how to put the fires out, if you want to really figure out how to make progress... It has to be something that is followed, not just understood. And I want to dig in this morning really at Jesus' view of the Scriptures and how His view really does transform our view of life and our view of how the Bible can be a help for us. So I'm going to walk through a story in Luke chapter 6. And this is Jesus' view of the right foundation. You can follow along there on the screen. It says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He's given an analogy here. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose, the, the stream broke against the house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. At this time, Jesus had a lot of people that were coming to listen to him. He had been uh, really notorious in the region. He was a man that told great things that not everyone understood. Uh, He was a man that had healed people. He showed great power, but at the same time, he was humble. And he was getting this reputation from all the people that this was a man that, that you should listen to. And at the beginning of this passage, he says, why do some of you say, Lord, Lord, but do not do what I tell you? What he's saying is, is you call me this master. You call me like an owner, like kind of this master-slave relationship. Whatever the master would do, you would do. But what he's saying is, is why do you call me this, this master or owner, but don't listen to me? And what Jesus was talking about is not just listening like they heard his words, but he knew whether they listened by actually what they did. 
And at this time, as the crowds were gathered, many people, he called, come, come follow me. And they liked the ideas, they liked what he had to say, but they heard, but they didn't follow through. They, they didn't follow him. And so Jesus is kind of giving this picture of obedience being the key. Obedience is the key to really having the right foundation uh, in your life. And if you obey the Bible and not just hear it, you are building your life on a solid foundation, one that can't be broken. We all face trials and pressures. We talked about that a little bit last week. Uh, What Jesus is talking about here is not the fact that those who hear and obey the Bible will not experience trouble, but he's saying that both, everyone experiences it, but it's the one that obeys, that is the person who has the solid foundation. So already you see that Jesus coming from this perspective that obedience is the key to a transformed life. It, It changes everything. And I want to give another picture of how Jesus explains this. Uh, This is found in Luke 8, a couple chapters later. I want to give you just a backdrop. So Jesus has been talking about just all sorts of stuff and riddles and stories, and not everyone understood what he was saying. And and they got news to to his mother and to his brothers that Jesus is saying some stuff, and he might be crazy. So people were coming to Jesus' family saying, I think, I think your son or I think your brother, something's wrong with him. I don't know if it's the heat outside or maybe he's not eating enough, but something is not right. So his mother and his brothers went to go see Jesus, and they're seeing all these crowds. And he, and he says this, then Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him. They were uh, told Jesus was out of his mind, like I said, but they couldn't get to him because of the crowd. Someone told Jesus, your mother and your brothers are outside, and they want to see you. Jesus replied, my mother and my brothers are all those who hear God's word and obey it. What Jesus is doing right now is he's he's drawing a line in the sand. He's not forsaking his family. He's not saying that they don't matter. But what he's saying is, is there is a more important foundation to build life on than just your family. And that is on the truth and solid foundation of the scriptures. That that foundation changes everything. He extended it. It's not just my family that has a special connection to me. It's those that obey the word of God. It's those that take it seriously enough to let it transform the way that they make decisions, transform the way their attitude is, transform the way that they treat people. Those are the people that are my mother and my, my brothers. So you see this just interesting picture that's a little counterintuitive. Because for a lot of people, if you're a great uh, speaker and people are gathering by the thousands and by the thousands, you think that they are judging that as successful. But what Jesus did again and again wasn't marveled at all the people, but he kept drawing the line of who will follow, who will obey. And the same is true for us today. Most people view Jesus as either a good teacher or a moral man or someone who set the pace and began Christianity, whether they believe it or not. But few believe it to the point that it will change the way that they live their life. And that's what we're talking about, this idea of the foundation that changes the direction of your life, changes the way that you 
live. And that happens as you hear the Word of God and you actually put it into practice. So I want to spend most of the, the message this morning talking about how, how do you build on that right foundation? Now, for some of you, uh, you may believe, yep, the Bible, the Bible is true and it's real and, and I, I fully trust it. For others, you may not be quite sure that the Bible is true. And I want to encourage you as you walk through this series and you hear different things, take the time to explore the Bible. Does it line up with what it says? Talk to people who live by it. Has it made a difference in their life? Is it reliable? Is it true? These are all things that you have to come to a point where you can take a step of faith and say, okay, I know enough to trust the Bible. I know enough that when I hear something about how I should do it, if it doesn't line up with the Bible, you, you have to make a decision. Which one am I going to follow? And so this series isn't meant to just assume everyone's on the same page, but it's really for all of us to take a step to, do I really believe the Bible is true? And if you don't, why not? And then are there answers that you could find or information that you could discover that would help you make a decision? So I encourage all of you to, t- to take that journey during this series. But let's look in the, the book of James. What's interesting about the, James, uh, about the book of James is uh, many people believe that it was the brother of Jesus who wrote this book. And so back to that story, Jesus' brothers and his mother went to see him. And he drew a line in front of them and in front of everyone saying that my mother and my brothers, and my family, the people important are the ones that hear my words and obey. And if you look at the book of James, and if it was his brother that wrote it, you see that, that this statement that Jesus made had a profound impact on him. Because he writes these words that reflects something that he heard that kind of transformed the way he did his life. And this is what he says in James 1. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. So here's another analogy, that of a, of a mirror. And what the Bible is saying here is that when you dig into the scriptures and read it and look intently at it, it's actually giving you a reflection of what's really going on. You actually can see what's happening with yourself. You see the truest picture of who you are. But it doesn't just leave it at that. It talks about some common tendencies that we all have to, to push through as we approach the Bible as we approach the truth. Uh, the first one is we want to listen to the, the, the Bible and not obey. And what it's saying in the scripture is, is that that's actually pretty normal and it seems okay. Many people listen to it and they don't do anything with it. And what James is saying is, is that, that that's pretty normal. But just because it's normal doesn't mean that that's Right. But that's a tendency that we all have to battle, this, this idea of hearing it, thinking it's true, but then not, never really extending it into how it makes us live different. Another warning or tendency that we have is a spiritual amnesia. This is the idea of you, you actually just forget what the Bible says. You knew it, 
But as you're faced with a decision or as you're faced with a crossroads where you have to apply the truth, you forget it. Spiritual amnesia, it was there, but, it, but it's gone. It's forgetting what you look like. And so those two tendencies, thinking it's okay to hear and not obey and just forgetting, those are things that we're going to have to battle. I battle. There's many times where I've struggled with something and I've made a wrong decision. I dig into the scriptures and I look at this verse and I've read it before. And I can think back to a time where I was like, wow, I remember when that made complete sense to me. But in the moment, as I was faced with a decision or something that I had to do, it didn't line up. Spiritual amnesia, I, I, deal with that. I deal with that all the time. But there's a few steps that we can take to push past this, to push past the norm, to push past the tendency within ourselves just to think that hearing the Word of God is okay. The first thing is we all have to decide that the Bible will be the ultimate authority in your life. We all have to make that decision. Is it the ultimate authority? Through everything that you hear. And that's in verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. The Bible is the ultimate authority when you actually live it out. I was thinking in my own life for a while, what are the sources of authority that, that vie for my attention? What's, what's some of the noise in my life that, that I listen to that... Sometimes I'm battling between, okay, what is the Bible saying? What, what does that say? And for me, one of the easy ones, Facebook. There's a lot of great information. There's a lot of terrible information. And as I read it, it just it gets into my head. You ever read someone, someone posts and it just fires you up? And you like or you unlike or you defriend? I don't really do that. No one does that. But it just it clouds and it becomes you know, this authority of what people are doing and what they're thinking, and you can, you can just get sucked into that. Or just the media. What are the sitcoms that we watch? What do they say about what's cool? What's valued? What's not cool? What's important? What do shows say about that? Does that cloud our judgment as it relates to what the Bible says? Opinion of others. What people think. Is that an authority in your life? What they think of you, what they think of your decisions, does that weigh on you? Does that impact what you do or what you don't do, what you say, what you don't say? Another source in my life is, is just how you were raised. You come to these times, maybe you're relating to coworkers or maybe you're relating to your kids or maybe you're relating to your spouse and you discover this point in which someone says, why do you do that? And all of a sudden, everything starts to cave in, and you think, I have no idea why I do that, but I do it, and I've done it my whole life, and leave me alone. You guys ever face that? Sometimes we just do what we do because that's what we were taught. That's how we were raised. That's what we thought was supposed to happen. But those can become authorities in our life. Our upbringing, the media, our opinions of others, these become authorities. The issue with having multiple authorities is what happens when you face an important decision that you have to make, and it's going to affect your future? What happens if the authorities say different things? What do you do? 
What the scriptures say is that if the, if the scriptures are not the most important thing that guides your life, your judgment, your ability to make steps towards the future, to make wise decisions, it's, it's clouded. So until the Bible is the ultimate authority, they're always going to be competing with each other, and you have to decide which authority will win in the moment. A lot of times this just happens within our mind. It just, it's the battle that goes on. As we think about what that person will think, as we think about what we're hearing, and then we dig into the Scriptures and we have to decide, okay, will I trust this as the truth? The second thing is, is you have to look intently at the Bible and ask God to speak to you. James in this analogy is saying, you know, imagine a man looking in the mirror because what he's saying is, is most women in a mirror are going to look intently, right? Man, we, we kind of look in the mirror and it's like, yep, I think that's still me. And you, you head out and you know, you've got like toast on your face and your shirt isn't ironed and women that they have this a little bit more of an intent that they are looking Man, it's just kind of casual, like, yeah, it still reflects. I'm going to go to work now. But it's this idea that that intently is is like you're leaning into. So this picture is, is when you look intently at the Bible, you're actually leaning into it to this point where you are trying to figure out the truth and what it means and what it looks like. And you really want to chew on it. You really want this to be something that will guide your life And you're taking the time to to look at that, not just glance, but but look into. So what this looks like practically is is what what are you facing in your life right now? Is it a a relationship that's difficult or a a tough decision? Or you're, you're just facing adversity, there's some trouble? Or... Just, you're dealing with somebody that's got an attitude problem, or you yourself, you're, in your attitude, you're, you're struggling. What are you facing? So then the question is, what does the Bible have to say about that? What James is saying is, is we should know what the Bible has to say. Because if we don't know what it has to say, then we definitely can't do it. And if we can't do it, then our foundation is like that on the sand. It's It's shifting. So we all know what we're facing, but you may not know what the Bible has to say. So I encourage you, take the time to look into the scriptures in a specific situation that you're facing and ask yourself, what does the Bible have to say about that? I thought about this for myself, and there's certain areas I was looking at. In, in relationships, what, what does the Bible say in relationships? Well, above all, we should lead out in relationships in love, uh, Ephesians 5, 1 through 2. That's how we imitate God, by leading out in love. So as you're facing a relationship with somebody that's really difficult, the Bible's saying you should be considering how love impacts the way that you treat them. Now, oppose this to a Facebook post. You see where I'm going now? The favorite posts are like the, the, the person that's irritated and they just like, just I'm irritated with this person. And then you get the friends that you had in fifth grade and eighth grade and they're all responding. Oh, no, they didn't. You should, you know, and, you, and then all of a sudden you're like, should I like, unlike, exit? But th- these are all the things that happen all at once. So it's, it's what does the Bible say and, and then what the other sources say. And we, we have to keep battling there. 
So what's the ultimate authority? And then what does the Bible say about what we actually face? How can we look intently to discover it? Uh, in, in your attitude, Proverbs twenty two twenty four says, humility and the fear of the Lord bring wealth and honor and life. So humility is a very high value. So the Bible says humility is really the key to unlocking a blessed life. And that's the attitude that you should have. Then how does that impact your attitude towards your spouse? How does that impact your attitude towards your kids, your neighbor, your coworkers, any of those relationships? How does humility impact? This is the picture that James is saying is you look intently, you're leaning into to really discover what does this mean? What does this mean I will say? What does this mean I will not say? And so on and so forth. Or work. Proverbs 14, 23. All hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. So hard work will help you be successful. But if all you do is talk at work, the scriptures say it plain, you're not going to have a job for long. And I'm a talker. Those of you that know me, But there's a point at work where you've got to stop talking. And you've got to work. But it's a a struggle. Sometimes you're at work and you're talking, and then you see a coworker and you talk to them, and then another one, and then before you know it, three hours of the day, you've been talking. This is the point where you look at what the scriptures say, and then how does that impact what you do? This is the picture of how the Bible makes a difference. So I encourage you, think through the different things in your life. What does the Bible have to say about that? If you need help with that, let us know on your connection card. We would love to help you walk through how to practically unlock the Scriptures so it can be a help. And this series will will guide you through that more. The last thing is to take action on what God says and discover the blessing that comes from that. This is verse 25, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it. He will be blessed in what he does. So what the scriptures are trying to speak plainly here is that change doesn't happen by what you know. It's by what you do. That's where change and transformation comes. Not by learning more about it, but by learning how to actually do it. That's a very high value learning how to actually do something opposed to just having an idea about how it works. That's the place that the Bible wants to have in each of our lives. And that's the blessing that comes. I wanted to walk walk you through just some tools that have been helpful in my own life as I've really looked at how do I take action on what God says. Um, And this is a resource called the Application Bridge. And there's three questions that you can ask as you read the scriptures. The first one is, what does this scripture mean when it was written? The Bible was written a few thousand years ago. And there were different cultures, different contexts. And you have to look and say, okay, what what did this mean at that time? And a good way to look at the context is you read the chapters before. You read the chapters after. You learn more about what that book was written for. That will give you a sense and the second question is, what is the timeless truth behind what God is saying? Is there a principle here 
that as you read, you can think, well, this is actually timeless. It's not just stuck in that period of time to that group of people, but it's actually something that makes a lot of sense now. And then the third, how how does it apply now to me? How, How does that timeless truth impact you? When I walked you through that, that idea of your attitude, what the scriptures have to say about that, your work, what the scriptures have to say about that, relationships, that's what that's, what that's doing. You're pulling out timeless principles and asking those questions. There's some other resources that is on the screen. Uh, 30 Days to Understanding the Bible by Max Anders, a great resource. If you're new to fi- finding out what the Bible is and what it means and how it's put together, This book is great to to understanding that larger framework. It really gives practical and helpful information that can give you an informed decision of what the Bible is. So I encourage you, if you never checked that out, that's a great resource. Uh, Another great resource is Bible Study Methods by Rick Warren. He gives you specific strategies on how to read the Scriptures in different ways to unlock timeless principles and to pull out ways that you can apply them, apply these truths. It looks at character studies. It looks thematically. uh, It's just a great resource as well that can give you just some things that you can chew on as you look to build this foundation in your life. So I I encourage you to check those out. I wanted to close with with Psalm 19.7. I think this kind of sums up this overall view of of this foundation that we've been given. It says, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. This is the blessing that comes. You you receive wisdom. You, You receive this instruction manual on how life really works. And when you live it out, you are operating with the way God has designed the world to work. So the Creator has given you the design of this stuff, the design of every aspect of your life, and He's saying, here you go. It is unlocked to you. Follow me. I will show you how this works. And we're all simple to a degree as we look compared to God. We do do not know how He fully works and operates. And He is greater than us, but He's given us this manual for which we can understand more. And it impacts us. And this psalm is saying it it revives the soul. I don't know about you, but that idea of reviving the soul, it sounds refreshing. It sounds like a breath of fresh air. Sometimes we can get so down and discouraged in this idea that the Scriptures revive you. The trouble may remain, but your perspective changes, and that's where the refreshment comes. That, that is a hope. And then the first part of that, the, the law of the Lord is perfect. There's an aspect of God has given you these tools, and He knows exactly how everything works. He knows how, exactly how everything's going to turn out, so He can be fully trusted. His Word is a solid foundation that, that has no cracks in it, no blemish. We do not fall. All of our burdens, all of our cares, we do not crumble under the foundation of the Word of God. So I encourage you, no matter where you are, decide for yourself, what does that look like for me? How, how do I take this step to move maybe from a shifting foundation or one on the sand or one that's cracked? How, how do I take this step to, to making the Bible the authority in your life?
So I've given you some next steps. There may be some other things that you can take as well, but uh, take out your connection card and mark on there a next step that you could take today. Uh, The first one is memorize a verse this week that I need to put into practice. It could be one of the verses today that I've talked on. It could be a verse that you've heard on another message or something that when you read the Bible, it speaks to you. But one of the things that helps you apply is knowing it in the moment. If you know the Bible in the moment, when you're faced with an attitude that you're supposed to have or a decision you're supposed to make, you can pull that scripture and it can be your guide. It's a light in the middle of the confusion and darkness. You may want to read the Bible a certain amount of times. If you've never read the Bible, maybe next week you want to read it one time. Or if you've read it three, maybe you want to read it five. Uh, Decide for yourself. And ask God to show you a step that you can take. Maybe you want to ask those questions. What's a timeless principle? How can I apply it? If you've never done that before, try it one time and see see what God does. Third step, think through any sources uh, that, that you listen to that maybe crowd out the authority of the Bible in your life. Can you identify those sources? Um, ask God to help you make any necessary changes. And then the last two I've already mentioned, the parent-child dedication, women's ornament exchange. If you're interested in those, uh, please sign up. And we'd love to give you more information. Let's pray as the band comes up. God, thank you so much that your word is true. Uh, it is something that when we take a step of faith and decide that we are going to do it your way, you come through. Uh, your, your, your truths really do transform our thinking because many times our thinking don't line up. Because what makes sense to us, because of our experiences, because of what we're hearing, we just want to do what we want to do. But when we we look at the Bible, thank you, God, that that it actually gives us another way. It actually gives us a way of hearing from the the creator of the design of how everything works. So, God, we we thank you for that, that you're a God that, that isn't a complete mystery, that you do reveal yourself in the scriptures. And we thank you, God, that as we we decide to stand on it, it fully supports us, no matter what we're facing. So God, if any of us are not sure or skeptical or just burned out, God, I ask that, that the word this week, your scripture, will revive our soul, that it will be a breath of fresh air that we desperately need. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen.